If you have your Bibles this morning, I would invite you to turn to the book of Exodus once again as we continue this great journey of redemption through this wonderful second book of the Bible. This where God was able to take people that were enslaved, whose grief was more than they could bear. The Bible says that their cries went up to God, right? And he, and he heard them. And he called out the Deliverer. He raised up a Redeemer in Moses. And it took 80 years to get him ready to do his job. So if uh, some of you still feel like God's really working on you, you're in good uh, position. Moses was, uh, was, a, was 80 when he finally was in the place where he could go and tell that great, Message that great delivering message. Let my people go. The exodus to to depart out, the departure, the escape. And we saw them receive the blood of the Lamb over the doorpost. The doorpost, the death angel passed over them. They went out together, young, old, all of them to freedom. We saw God part the Red Sea, feed them manna. From heaven, changed the bitter waters of Mara into sweet that they could drink. And now he has brought them to Sinai, given them the Ten Commandments. And then last time we saw that picture of, of what God desired for them to be was to be those servants unto the Lord, to have, ask to have our ear pierced. Dig my ears, Lord. Teach me how to serve as the Savior served. Well, this is a wonderful scene here that we've come to today in Exodus chapter 24. And the title of our message is A God Who Says Come. A God Who Says Come. And as I read through this chapter, if you have a pen or a highlighter, I would just like you to highlight every time in here where we have that word come or went or came, all the derivatives of that word, and see how it is such a, a, cent, a central part of the message of chapter 24. This is a glorious moment here. You remember when Jesus took Peter, James, and John up into the mountain with him. Do y'all remember that? And it says there that he was transfigured before him. His, his glory that he had slayed aside was put upon him again. And they beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, right? And you remember what Peter said. He said, it is good for us to be here. That's the way we ought to feel uh, today as we have been brought up to come unto the Lord. And no doubt they felt that way in this passage and amazing amazing things are said in this passage things beloved that are too glorious for us things that i don't even have the ability to explain it all to you but i hope that you will marvel in it that you will all in it and to realize today that you've even been given better things than this that we will read about that they experience and i hope that you are encouraged today to come to your god Exodus chapter 24. And he said unto Moses, Come up unto the Lord, thou and Aaron, 
Nadab, and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship ye afar off. And Moses alone shall come near the Lord, but they shall not come nigh, neither shall the people go up with him. And Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord, and all the judgments. And all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words which the Lord has said, we will do. And Moses wrote all the words of the Lord, and rose up early in the morning, and building an altar under the hill, and twelve pillars according to the twelve tribes of Israel. And he sent young men of the children of Israel, which offered burnt offerings, and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen unto the Lord. And Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins, and half of the blood he sprinkled on the altar. And he took the book of the covenant and read in the audience of the people. And they said, All that the Lord hath said, we will do and be obedient. And Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, Behold, the blood of the covenant which the Lord hath made with you concerning all these words. Then went up Moses, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel. No beloved, listen to this in verse 10. And they saw the God of Israel. And there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of sapphire stone. And as it were, the body of heaven in his clearness. And upon the nobles of the children of Israel, he laid not his hand. Also, they saw God and did eat and drink. And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up to me into the mount and be there. And I will give thee tables of stone and a law and commandments which I have written that thou mayest teach them. And Moses rose up and his minister Joshua and Moses went up into the mount of God. And he said unto the elders, Tarry ye here for us until we come again unto you. And behold, Aaron and Hur are with you. If any man have any matters to do, let him come unto them. And Moses went up into the mount, and a cloud covered the mount, and the glory of the Lord abode upon Mount Sinai. And the cloud covered it six days, and the seventh day he called unto Moses out of the midst of the cloud. And the sight of the glory of the Lord was like devouring fire on the top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. And Moses went into the midst of the cloud and got him up into the mount. And Moses was in the mount forty days and forty nights. I just have to say a good old brother Charles. Woo! Wow. What a moment. What a scene we have opened before us by the Word of God recorded by an eyewitness who was there, who saw it all, who heard it all, who even wrote in our chapter that he wrote down what God said and, and what, what happened. What, what a, an amazing time. I love that song that we sing, Sweet the moments, rich in blessing, which before thy cross I spend.
we are really uniquely blessed by the Lord in, in our lives to have wonderful experiences in the kingdom of God. And this is one of those times. There would never be a time like this again when the elders would have this experience of being so close to the Lord that they ate and drank with Him in the mountain and saw Him. Oh, we ought to make the most of our moments together in the, in the kingdom of God when we're called unto the holiest of holies together, beloved. But aren't you glad this morning, aren't you so glad that we serve a God who says, Come unto me. Before we just dive into this, I just want to go to a few places in the Scripture that are highlighted with this type of language. This isn't something new with God. You remember when the world was first flooded with evil continually back in the book of Genesis chapter 7. It repented God, right? That He had made the world. He said, I'm going to destroy every living thing from all the face of the earth. But hallelujah for that verse that says, but Noah, right, found what? Grace in the eyes of the Lord. And God said, I'm going to spare you, your wife, your sons and their wives, eight souls I'm going to spare. And, uh, and uh, pairs of, of the beast upon the earth so that the earth can continue after the flood and oh Noah began that great work to build the ark him and his sons uh, on dry land in a place where it had never rained before right God really stretches our faith sometimes but there at, at the end it says in chapter 6 verse 22 thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him so did he. We find that same language in our chapter, don't we? That God had given commands and the people said in unison, Lord, we're going to do. We're going to follow what you say, everything that you said, and, and we're going to obey it. And so they were invited after that, after the blood was offered, after the sacrifice had been made and received. They were caught up into sweet worship and fellowship up into the glory of God Himself. And here in Genesis 7, how beautiful this. And you can feel this same calling in, in your life because the church is also like unto an ark that, that we are in, in in our day. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark for, for thee. Have I seen righteousness before me in this generation? Isn't that wonderful? That is said that Noah and his family, after all the animals, had been received into the ark. And it's said that the Lord himself shut them, shut the door and, and shut them in. But that language of a God that says, come unto me. You know, in our minds it should be opposite, shouldn't it? God should treat us like they did in the laws about the lepers, right? That the lepers would cry out and say, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. Don't, don't come around me. Don't come near me, Lord. I'm so dirty. I'm so filthy. I'm so unholy. But how wonderful. Not only does He call us to come to Him, but He also condescends and comes to us. Oh, what a glorious God that we serve today, a God that invites us to come 
unto him. I love that song that we sing, Come and Dine, right? Remember one of the phrases in that, in that he says, He invites his chosen people, what? Come and dine. And that's exactly what they did on the mount. That's, I couldn't pick a better message to preach before communion, right? It's a sweet communion scene. There they saw God, the altar, the, the blood, uh, the word of God. And they did eat and drink before the Lord as they worshipped Him. Also turn with me to Isaiah 55 for some more of this expressive language of God's heart. I love that in the Gospels, how he, how he told them. He said, go out and invite those to come to the wedding feast and tell them that everything is, is made ready. And they went out to the highways and invited all to come till the house was full. And that we are still in that great time of that wonderful Gospel call and invitation, the invitation of grace to everyone who will hear. Listen to this, Isaiah 55, verse 3. Incline your ear, perk up those ears of the soul and of the heart. And he says, and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. That's what's happening here in, in Exodus 24, the, the covenant that God was making with Israel, with the seed of Abraham that had been rescued out of Egypt. He is ratifying the covenant with them. And here our covenant is today again. The blood, you see, this is my, the blood of the covenant that I've given as a ransom for many. We also renew that covenant with the Lord today. Hallelujah. And then we can't forget some of the blessed words of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So often we hear Him saying, Come, right in His own ministry while He was upon the earth. Where our minds can go to so many scriptures, right? Even I think about the little children, little children today. Do you know that Jesus said, Suffer the little children to what? To come unto me. And forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Here in John 7, 37, this is, is beautiful. In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers. Of living water. Oh, a God that says, Come. Here we see, though, in this dispensation in the Old Testament, even that though they were invited here in this special time to come, there were so many barriers still between them and God, hallelujah, that we don't have today. Hallelujah. We have a better covenant uh, than they did, of uh, more free access. To God, and they did even as glorious as this. You see the language that some were allowed, some weren't. He said, You've got to worship me, but you've got to worship me afar off. They were near, but he never laid. He was still untouchable and unapproachable, even as close as they were, even as blessed as they were. There was still that, even in uh, their worship, 
there were all types of, of barriers in the law if, about this condition or that condition. The Gentiles weren't allowed to, to come close. Only one person once a year could come into the holiest of holies. But this morning, all of us are in the holiest of holies. And God has said, come to us all. God who says come. Four quick points this morning. First, he, he says for us to come and to worship. Did you notice that in verse 1? And he said unto Moses, back in our chapter in Exodus 24, Come up unto the Lord, thou and Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and what? And worship ye afar off. This is one of the wonderful aspects of being able to hear with the heart of faith. The voice of God invites you to come and to come and to kneel before Him and to worship the Lord of glory, to give Him praise, to give Him honor, to adore Him. For all that He is, and all that He has done for you. For this is the purpose for which man was created. That he might worship God, that he might enjoy God forever. And so we have come today. Isn't it wonderful that we have found the doors of the Lord's house to be open unto us. We were able to open the hymn books and open our hearts and our voices and sing songs of praise to our God. To open our hearts and intercede and our souls to pray. And not only, beloved, to pray, but also to worshipfully adore the Lord. He told them, I want you to come up for a special time of worship with me. I want us to go to the Gospel of John chapter 1 just to drive this point home i hope that you came today and that was the beat of your heart lord i i want to come to your house today yes i want to see my brothers and sisters yes i i want to wash feet yes i i want to partake of that holy love feast that that you have given yes i want to hear the word of god but don't you know all of that is incorporated in what we mean when we say worshiping God. You come to worship today. Oh, beloved, here in the Gospel of John, I love this, here toward the end of, God, of John's opening, his Gospel, he tells them about their, some of their first interaction with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so maybe... He would say this to you today, dear sinner or dear saint. Verse 38, Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto them, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? And he saith unto them, Oh, how wonderful. Come and see, they came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day. 
for it was about the tenth hour. And beloved, we know the rest of the story. They never left his side. They never left his side. Oh, how wonderful that we who seek Christ, you know, because the Father has such that that seeketh after. The Father is seeking for such to worship. Remember the woman at the well. He said, woman, the time is is coming and now is when the true worshipers of God will worship Him in spirit and the truth. And the Father is seeking such the desire to worship Him, the desire to come unto Him. Well, isn't it wonderful to know that everyone, under the sound of my voice, everyone ever in the history of this world who has desired to come to the Lord Jesus Christ to worship Him, they have heard the same message. Come. Come and see. Come and dwell with me. Come and enter into a life, a relationship, communion with me and all those who love me. It's beautiful here to see in back in our chapter how what must take place in order for us to really be able to worship God. It's just not something that we can just uh, do out of the power of of our flesh or out of our own will. But it's a great blessing from God. Do you see that God, in order for us to be able to worship today, God had to bring every one of us up to Him. Aren't you glad that He has that power? We, we don't have the ability on our own to come up to Him, but He invites us and He empowers us through the power of the Spirit, through the power of the faith, and the gifts that He has given to us to come up to Him. But I want you to see it in a, in a twofold way. Not only here is He drawing them and inviting them and empowering them and inviting them to come up to Him to worship. But He is also condescending to them that they might be with Him. And that He might be with them. Is that beautiful to you today? That double aspect. That must take place. That must uh, ha- can only happen by the grace and power and will of God. He must bring us up and He must come down to us. And so this scene here in Exodus 24, this great scene of worship that we have also been invited to, not just on Sunday, not just on Wednesday night, But we ought to seek to worship the Lord every day of the week. Can I get an amen? Amen. We ought to be constantly worshiping the Lord, not just in song, but the way that we raise our families, the way that we treat one another as husbands and wives, the way that we do our our work, the the way that we respond as children uh, to our parents and, and seek to be the servants of the Lord in their work. It ought to always be about worship. A thought really struck me. This week, you know, I started uh, school, and those of you that are teachers, you know how it goes. You you get there, and and they all they start piling it on you, don't they, Sister Ava? Say, y'all need to start doing this, and y'all y'all did all this last year, but we're also going to get you to do this as too. And they they just it's one thing after another, and so you know, I'm I'm up in the morning, I'm I'm getting dressed, and I'm on my way to work, and I'm and and probably you're this way too. You just start thinking, everything you have to do today, I have to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And the Lord just stopped me. And He spoke this into my spirit, and it has been a great blessing to me. He said, Nathan, 
he said, you need to be more concerned about who you need to be and who you are more than what it is that you need to do. And if, you, if you'll do that, then these other things, they'll all fall in place. And you don't have to have anxiety about them. And so here in this amazing scene, it has been designated the Old Testament Mount of Transfiguration. That is what it's likened to into the New Testament. We already talked about that, how Jesus took that inner circle, right? Peter, James, and John, and he took Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu. Joshua was there, and he took the 70, and he brought up them up into the mount, and there, there's these altars, and, and uh, there's this glory, and the, the presence of the Lord is there. This was such an amazing time here as the, like we said, the covenant is being ratified. I love what we see in here, and I love what we have in our church, and, and what we need to have is uh, this unity of purpose uh, before the Lord. I love the togetherness here. You see, there's no division here. There's no uh, big I, little you. Everybody's together. They all are receiving uh, the blood sprinkled on them. They're, they're one together, coming up unto the Lord. All the people in unison, twice in our passage, they said, all the words which the Lord has said, will we do? They were covenanting together. Oh, how important it is for us to realize the covenant that we have made with the church of the living God, that we have covenanted uh, to pray for one another, to always never forsake the assembling of ourselves together, to give of our natural things so that um, uh, we might care uh, for the spiritual work of the kingdom and, and of the Lord. That is something that, that's so important. And it must be more, beloved, than good intentions. Now, we believe that the people here were sincere, do we not? I believe that they were. But we know that in that 40 days that Moses was in the mount, do y'all remember what happened to this group of people? Here they had, they had the blood sprinkled on them, the ones that had seen God, the ones that had eaten and drinking and, and saw God and saw this glory, glorious scene. As Moses tarried in the mount, they began to fear that God had killed them and they turned to their old ways. Do y'all remember what they did? They just went hog wild in the flesh. They said, let's get this gold and let's make this calf and say that this calf is God. And, and then they went into lewd uh, behavior before God so that God told Moses, said, man, we gotta, we, you got to get back down there. There's the noise of sin in the camp. And Moses comes down and his heart is just broken to what? The people have already become, but oh, we cannot judge them with a hypocritical, pharisaical heart, can we? For how fast, how often do we find ourselves Monday or Tuesday and, and we're in the flesh, right? 
Oh, it must be more than just good intentions, beloved, but we must pray for grace-filled action to be at work in our lives as we are called to come to worship God and to have a unity of purpose. Well, I tell you, um, I'm so thankful that it's different for us than it was for them because maybe you noticed in, in this as we close our first point that they were invited to come up unto the Lord, but then they were told to worship but we find the language there, and worship ye afar off. Here again is the barriers of the old covenant, because all they had was the blood of bulls and goats and of animals, they, which was the promise and, and the sign and the shadow of what was to come. But now that the blood has been shed, Brother Bobby, the temple veil has been rent, and those of us that were afar off, have been invited to come now. We don't worship afar off anymore, but right to His blessed feet like Martha and Mary. Hallelujah. That we've been given something far better. So I would just encourage you again, beloved, as you think about the Lord who says, Come, that every time that you have opportunity, either in public or private, to come to Him, come and worship Him in spirit and truth and make the most of it and do it with the unity of purpose, not just with good intentions, but with grace-filled action in your life and in your soul, people that have been sprinkled by the blood. Well, secondly, it was an invitation. It was a God who says, come to fellowship. Here was a call to fellowship with God again. That which had been lost in Eden, in that first paradise in the garden. You remember what Adam and Eve, our first parents, what blessed fellowship and union they had with God. Oh, He walked with them in the cool of the day and they had lost that to a great part. But this is the first time in a corporate way, in a beautiful way, some of that that was lost in Eden had now been regained. They were brought up to God again. Into this mount. And they saw His, His glory. Hear this scene, beloved. I, I can't even explain to you. And I don't even understand myself, Brother Kevin, what it is that they saw. But I just believe the Scriptures and that they knew that what they saw, and that Moses knew what they saw was God. Now, I don't believe this is God the Father, but I do believe that this is a pre-incarnate uh, vision and, and a representation of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know if they were just able to see His feet, and, and that was it. It said that there was this sapphire blue as it were, like translucent pavement that separated them. There was there still this separation, and He didn't lay His hand on them, but they were with Him. And it wasn't, he, it, the expression here is that, uh, and that He didn't lay His hand on Him. The idea here is that He, it's not in a way that He didn't touch them in an intimate way, but 
that he didn't do any harm to them that even though they were in his presence in a holy place and they were sinners, yet they were made to be aware that they were safe in his presence. And they have been invited there to fellowship with him. How wonderful to see God and to eat and drink in his presence. Let's go to John 21. Oh, no, no doubt. Uh, they had been commanded, right? That they couldn't even touch the mount, right? That's what they had been commanded. If, and it, and it, they did exceedingly fear and quake. I'll remember our other uh, messages. And now, uh, don't you know, Sister Gigi, as they made that trip up, it was one careful step. At a time, it had to be till they got there and they saw this and they knew that it was okay for them because God had invited them and they were in sweet fellowship with God. Here in the Gospel of John, chapter 21, oh, we love this, this scene. You know, I said that after that first one in John where they he said what do you seek and they said master we want to know where you stay because we want to come and we want to live with you we we want to be with you we want to be by your side and he said come and see and I told you from that point on they never left his side until the time had come for him to be that sacrificed to Lay his life down. You remember that they all said, they all had good intentions. Lord, we're never going to leave you. We're never going to forsake you. Even Peter, remember, even if everybody else deserts you, I won't, Lord. But the Bible says, so said they all. But we find in that hour, in that moment, they all fled away, right? In fear of their lives, in fear of what? was going to happen in misunderstanding what was taking place. But now the resurrected Lord has returned to them. He has raised Himself from the dead. And for many days He revealed Himself, not only to them, but to over 500. The Scripture says, so is the proof of His resurrection. But here is a scene that John brings us into. Again, remember the, the first chapter of John, the message of God and of the Savior was come and see, right? It was come. Well, maybe now we think the Lord has changed His mind. You, when I needed you all, you, you deserted me. You, you fled. You gave up on me. But no, even the one that, that betrayed Him Look at this in John 21. Are you there with me? Beginning in verse 11. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to the land full of great fishes, 153. And for all there were so many, yet was the net broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord, Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. 
This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead and he's going to have some conversations with them at this time, isn't he? Just like he does with us. But he was calling them in the first chapter of John to fellowship. He calls them in the last chapter of John to, to fellowship. He, he doesn't change, does he? Hallelujah. Here he has provided for them bread and fish. You notice that it said even here in this verse that he said to them come and dine. But then verse 13 it says Jesus then cometh. That again that has to take place. Him bringing us up and him coming down to us. Oh beloved fellowshipping here in Exodus 24. Fellowshipping around some wonderful things, fellowshipping around the, the sacrificial blood, fellowshipping around the Word of God, the testimonies, the judgments that have been given, fellowshipping uh, with all the saints of God. That's what, those are some of the excellencies that have been afforded to us as well. Oh, I can't stress enough today how important for us it is for us and I can hear uh, the voice of Elder Hassel Wallace echoing in my, mind, in my mind. Let us not play house for God. Let us not have a sleepy time religion. Beloved, let us make the most of our times of fellowship together with one another, with God. Here it is at the altar. And these pillars. Isn't it wonderful uh, to see this scene? Moses. These young men. Oh, I love how it, 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 it talks about young men being encouraged today. Uh, to be those that are, that are used of God in the service of God. To be young men that, that Moses chose to go out and to offer burnt offerings and sacrifices and and peace offerings how wonderful to be a young man whose life would be devoted to that and used by God and here Moses at the bottom of the mount he he builds this altar and then he builds these 12 pillars of unity for all of the household of God oh, beloved we have an altar today do you know that the church is described as the pillar and ground of the truth? And it is here and in these things that we have fellowship with one another in a, in a, in a time and in a place in a way that the world knows nothing about. The rest of the world knew nothing about what was going on at Mount Sinai. He invites His chosen people. Come and dine. It is at the altar and the pillar and ground of the truth that we have these special moments with a God who says, come, come and worship. Come and fellowship. But even deeper here, what is all being described is the great work of salvation. That that we need the most. That which keeps us afar. That which doesn't allow us to touch the mount. And see God in His glory is our sinfulness. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. And the only way that we can come up to God is that we 
might come to Him for salvation. And beloved, let me be clear. I believe in the exclusivity of salvation in the person and finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is in His name that salvation is to be found in no other. So no man can come unto the Father except to be drawn through the Son, beloved. To come, thirdly, to be invited to come to be saved. Oh, that is the most blessed come of all. To be saved by grace. To be saved through faith. To be saved in Christ and through His blood. Beloved, I tell you today, there is power in His blood. His blood is the most powerful element in all of the universe. For any man to come to the Father, the work of Jesus Christ is indispensable. There's no other way to be saved except through faith, by grace, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you believe that, beloved? That's the only way. Jesus is the only door. Here, the oxen had been killed. Their blood had had been spilled and half was taken and poured on the altar. And the other half was taken and it was sprinkled upon the people. Oh, beloved, in a spiritual way, feel that sprinkling of the blood of Christ hit your face. Today, we will, in faith, we will take a, a symbol of that blood and drink it into our own bodies. Oh, we've been given something far better, haven't we? Something far better. It is the blood that procures all these wondrous privileges that they're going to experience. This being able to come up and worship. This being able to have fellowship. This being drawn up and seeing God and seeing His glory and eating and drink. It only happened after the blood had been applied. Amen. Yes. It is the blood. Let's go to the book of Matthew chapter 11 and hear the Savior say come again. And though, isn't that so, such a blessed thing to think about? Not stay afar off, not you're not worthy, but come nigh. Come unto me, Matthew eleven, twenty-eight through 30. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Beloved, you're going to find yourself at the end of your life and at the end of days in one of two positions. You're either going to find yourself guilty of the blood or you're going to find yourself that you've been made guiltless by the blood. Those who will be made guiltless by the blood can be identified because they have heard the voice of God say come unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth and they have responded by faith 
the faith that has been given to them by God through His grace. And the blood, beloved, it covers their soul. If you know that preciousness today, would you just quietly in your heart say to the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, thank you for allowing me to come unto you and to be saved, for shedding your blood for me and, and covering, covering me and bringing me into the covenant with you and the Father and the Holy Spirit. Oh, not only do we come to worship, come to fellowship, but we come to be saved. We actually come because we are saved. Hallelujah. Then lastly, as we begin to close, we come to see His glory. We come to see His glory. So here it is. He, he, he called them. He said, you're going to come up to me. And before that took place, let's just review it. Moses says, okay, Lord, I'm going to put what you said I'm going to put before the people. The Lord has told us to come up to Him. Here's His commandments, His judgments. I've written them all down. I've read them in your presence. Here the altar is. Here's the blood of the, uh, of the sacrifice. It's been sprinkled on the altar. It's been sprinkled on you. And now you, you're going to be brought to come up and to view the glory of God. That's what it says, right, in our passage that uh, verse, um, let's begin in verse 15. And Moses went up into the mount, and a cloud covered the mount, and the glory of the Lord abode upon Mount Sinai. And the cloud covered it six days, and the seventh day he called unto Moses out of the midst of the cloud, and the sight of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mount in the eyes of the children of Israel. Oh, what a, what a sight. What, what a scene. There's, there's two words in the Bible that the Holy Spirit inspired to be used to talk about the glory of God. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word is kabod. And it's t- talking about the weight, the immensity of all that God is had, had come down on that, that mountain. And the mountain couldn't even stand. It just trembled. It was just consumed. It was lit on fire. Well, what I'm praying for, for you and for me, that in a sense we would all be Mount Sinai's. That God's glory would be on our lives, on our church, that we would be consumed by it, that it would shine forth on our lives, that it would devour our minds and souls and actions. So that all that we do, even if we eat or drink, it will be to the glory of God. That that's what I'm living my life for. That's what I'm working for. That's what I'm worshiping for. That, that's my passion. It's the glory of God. His glory. So it's all that He is. And then in uh, the Greek, in the New Testament... It is the word doxa, which we get the doxology. Doxa, and the word doxa is, is talking about the infinite excellencies of God Himself. That's His glory. What is God's glory? It's all that He is. And all that He does is His glory. And here, these blood-sprinkled people that had covenanted with God 
were brought up and they saw God. That's what it says, beloved. And I know that none of us have seen God physically with with our own eyes. But we see Him by faith too. We we can enter into this. Saw His glory. Just like John said, we beheld the glory, His glory, as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Oh, open our eyes, Lord, that, that everything that we do would have an eye to your glory. Just a couple of scriptures here as we, as we leave this scene, as, as we leave them here just basking in all that God is and what God has done for them, how He's brought them from a nation of slaves now to be a kingdom of priests. God has entered into covenant with them. He's given them uh, direct revelations that people have not had since the beginning of the world. And he's, he's even promised that He's even going to do more for them. He's going to take them and put them in a promised land. They're going to be His people. He's going to be their God. And maybe we can see this today too and feel ourselves to be in somewhat of the same circumstance. And may we just be in awe of what God, who God is and of what God has done for us. Can we behold His glory like Moses said, Lord, I beseech you, show me. Show me your glory. You know, God promised that His glory would be in the church world without end. Open our eyes, Lord, to see your glory more and more. Uh, Just a couple of scriptures here. Uh, Don't miss these. Please turn with me. Uh, Psalm 97. I'm about to let you go, and, and then we'll get to sit at the table of the Lord. And dine with him to see God and, and eat and drink ourselves in a not a far off but but very near. Psalm ninety seven. Just just listen to some of this and see if it doesn't remind you of the scene that we've been talking about. The Lord reigneth, let the earth rejoice, let the multitude of isles be glad thereof. Clouds and darkness are round about him. Righteous and judgment are the habitation of his throne. A fire goeth before him and burneth up his enemies round about him. His lightnings enlightened the world. The earth saw and trembled. The hills melted like wax at the presence of the Lord. At the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. The heavens declare his righteousness. And all the people see his glory. Mm. Isaiah 2. One of my favorite Old Testament passages. This will be the last scripture that we go to this morning. Please turn to it. Please turn to it with me. Don't don't miss this as, as we end the message today of a God who says come. Marvel in it. Marvel in it. Because I think that this is a picture of what we're, it's a prophetic picture of of what we are getting to experience even now and a picture of and but there's even something far greater coming for us in regards to all these things in regards to our worship in regards to our fellowship 
in regards to our salvation. Beloved, in God's eternal plan and mind, we are glorified, but we haven't experienced it yet. We, we are only have seen through a glass darkly. But soon, it's going, to even, it's going to be greater than we can even imagine. He's going to say to us again, come. Remember in, in Revelation, he said, uh, come, Lord Jesus, and the Spirit and the bride say what? Come. It's that blessed two-way event again. He's going to say to all of us one day, arise, my love, and come away with me and we're going to be in sinless splendor we're going to just go from glory to glory it's not just going to be sweet moments but it's going to be continual bliss on tap at his right hand our pleasures forevermore he will touch us then it'll be face to face there'll be no separation anymore Isaiah 2 the word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. And it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow into it. Oh, this is sweet. And many people shall go and say, Come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob, and He will teach us of His ways, and we will walk in His paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. All oh, make the most, beloved, of our opportunities with the Lord. I just want to read it with my eyes one more time in Exodus 24 and and just wonder at it and wonder too at what we're fixing to be blessed to partake of. Isaiah 24, verse 11. And upon the nobles of the children of Israel, he laid not his hand. Also they saw God and did eat and drink. May the Lord bless you and keep you is our prayer. Thank you for your good attention. Thank you.